What's going on, man, and what's going on to all the women out there, the 2% or like the 0.2% of the viewers out there that are female that watch this channel. Figured I'd represent you guys a little bit. Now, Amron, we do fantasy football content on this channel. Today, we're going to do something a little bit different. Usually, I do a start-sit video where I come out with my top five must-start and must-sit running backs. Today, we're going to go through my top 24 running backs, put them into some tiers, and just have a nice time breaking down this disgusting slate in week seven. We have a lot of buys. We have a lot of, you know, we have Josh Jacobs as our RB9. Uh, it's just it's just an ugly, ugly week. And instead of doing, you know, five starts and five sits, pretty much we're starting everybody that is breathing on our teams at this point. So might as well kind of, you know, preview the matchups and give you guys my rankings. Now, before we get into that, if you want the full weekly rankings, those are going to be down below in the comments in the description patreon.com slash ron stewart it'll all be on there now without further ado let's go and we got everything set up i don't know if it's coming on but we got everything set up here got the tier list out we're going to be doing this manually live in the flesh and in the S tier as our RB1 we have Derrick Henry at home against the Chiefs and he should probably be in his own tier but I only have five tiers on here I could add another tier but I like I like the five tiers now Derrick Henry's probably the only guy that's in his own tier I think he's averaging like 26 27 points per game he's far and away the RB1 at this point it's actually crazy what he's doing I want to say he has three touchdowns definitely in back-to-back -back games he's just been on an absolute, you know, like I don't even know if I'd call it a revenge tour. But now he's playing the Chiefs. This is the highest over-under of the week. This Titans-Chiefs game is one of the only appealing games on the entire slate. Like there's not a lot of good games this week. That one has, I want to say, a 57.5 over-under. So there's going to be a lot of points scored. And the Titans have been getting a lot of their points from Derrick Henry. So he is going to be in that RB1 spot. Then at RB2, we're going to have Kamara. And a lot of these guys in these tiers are interchangeable. Like now, obviously, Derrick Henry and Kamara aren't, but... Pretty much from everywhere else, like Kamara and the next guy I'll put on here, they're interchangeable. But Alvin Kamara, we know who he is. He's a known commodity. He gets fantasy points. He's going to be in Seattle. Seattle gives up the fourth most fantasy points to opposing running backs. So he is a fine matchup. He is an easy, easy start at this point. And then we're going to have Aaron Jones at home against Washington. And he's, he's kind of bordering on this tier. He hasn't really been insane for fantasy since that 30-point game where he had like four touchdowns. And I want to say week two or three absolutely buried me in a couple places but i think that we're due for a blow-up game from aaron jones very soon now aj dylan has been getting involved but when you have a team like washington who's giving up the seventh most points to opposing running backs and we know that aaron jones just kind of has these games where he comes out of nowhere scores a lot of touchdowns he's probably good for you know 18 plus po points here but he has that upside of you know four like he could drop 40 on Washington and it wouldn't surprise me at all then we're going to go to the A tier and at RB4 this is this honestly makes me want to throw up at the RB4 this week in my rankings I, and on top of the buys there's a lot of injuries too so our RB4 this week is literally Darrell Henderson he is my RB4 going to be at home against Detroit they're going to absolutely slaughter Detroit it's pretty cool Stafford's coming home to his old team gonna like I could see I could see golf maybe you know 
having the eye of the tiger kind of going out there doing his thing, but they're literally 15-point underdogs. The Rams are 15-point favorites in this game. Darrell Henderson has finished as a top 20 running back in the last three games. He handles all of the work. He's literally the bell cow for this team. Detroit gives up a lot of fantasy points to opposing running backs. Like it's it's a it's a dream matchup. So it makes sense why he's RB four, but it just doesn't feel great when Darrell Henderson is the RB four for the week. Which then brings us to the boy, Jonathan Taylor. He's had a crazy stretch. I want to say twenty points. He's hit twenty points or more in the last three weeks. He's been really good. And now this matchup isn't really anything crazy. He's going to be in San Francisco. They're actually they're actually probably a bad matchup for him. They're giving up the least amount of fantasy points to opposing running backs, but this is a start your stud situation. I think that the Colts very soon here they're going to understand. It's a it's a crazy concept. I don't understand why they don't their entire offense, right? Michael Pittman has looked good. I mean, like Mo Ali Cox has looked like decent, but the entire the best player on offense, it is not up for debate, is Jonathan Taylor. When you give Jonathan Taylor the ball in his hands, he does great things. Get him out in the in the flat, he takes like 76 yards, goes crazy. If you can just get Jonathan Taylor the ball as many times as it makes sense within the game script, then you are going to win more football games. That's what it comes down to. And a lot of running backs don't push the needle, but I think that Jonathan Taylor is one of those, or move the needle, but I think that JT is one of those guys. I think that it's going to click very soon here where Reich realizes the more I give Jonathan Taylor the ball, the more good things happen. And we're going to see his snapshot's already been climbing. I want to say it went from like, 40 something percent so 55 percent and then it was like 65 percent this week they're going to keep on giving him the ball he's been insanely efficient he had like i think on like 20 on like 20 touches he had like 150 plus yards last week then we have deandre swift who is going to be in los angeles at the rams and that's going to be that same game that we have with darrell henderson right where darrell henderson has that perfect game script for him where he's going to be you know the bell cow they're going to lean on him. DeAndre Swift is playing more and more snaps every single week and outpacing Jamal Williams. He's on pushing Jamal Williams to the side. And it's not a surprise either. Jamal Williams, a day three running back, a career backup. For all the people out there that were saying, you know, DeAndre Swift, he's not going to be able to do this or that because Jamal Williams is there. Jamal Williams has been nothing but a meat shield for DeAndre Swift in terms of un- the touches that aren't valuable. DeAndre Swift is getting the goal line work, or not all, not the entirety of the goal line work, but he's getting enough goal line work. He's getting all of the passing down work and Jamal Williams getting between the 20s touches that we prefer DeAndre to, to not even have. And this is the perfect, perfect game strip. Those are 15 point underdogs. You're going to be behind all games. It's going to be garbage time. And that means that DeAndre Swift is going to be catching a lot of passes, getting a lot of targets in this game. So this is the, this is the dream. This is the, as the poker players would say, the nut scenario for DeAndre Swift this week. Then we have Joe Mixon, who's going to be playing the Ravens at Baltimore, at the bank. And he's essentially back at this point. He saw 85% of the rush attempts last week. I imagine that climbs even a little bit more. I want to see that that's pretty much where it was at pre-injury. So I do expect him to be pretty much back to his old self. Again, RB7, this this is an ugly week for running backs. The matchup isn't anything amazing, but he's going to get his work. And if the game is close, the the Bengals are going to skew towards the run like they have been this season now that's going to do it for tier a the first running back in tier b our rb8 is leonard fournette they're 12 and a half point favorites against the bears there's like three games this week where there are teams that are double digit point favorites that never happens usually there's only like one of those a week but they're 12 and a half point favorites this is going to be a, a spot where leonard fournette is going to be able to just grind out the clock 
and he could see, you know, 20 attempts like he did last week where they're just, you know, kind of salting the game away and they just rely on Leonard Fournette at the end of the game. Then, like I said earlier, Josh Jacobs at RB9 just feels absolutely disgusting. He's going to be at home against Philadelphia. They're allowing the ninth points to opposing running backs. The The new coach in there seems to be using his resources a little bit better than Gruden. So, I mean, Gruden, with Josh Jacobs, you're just hoping for a touchdown. It's it's really ugly. And if you wanted to put him behind these next two running backs, I'm completely fine with it. And that's going to be Darrell Williams, who is our RB10. You know, now we're just kind of getting into handcuff range here, or not handcuff range here, but handcuffs in starting positions range here. And like I said, this game, Tennessee versus Chiefs, is going to be probably the biggest shootout on the slate. And he's had more, he last week in his first starting spot, he had more touches and more fantasy points than Clyde Edwards-Alaire has had the entire season in a single game, right? So he he did in one game more than Clyde Edwards-Alaire has done in a single game this year. Now that kind of speaks to, I don't know if that speaks to Clyde Edwards-Alaire's talent, if it's Darrell Williams' talent, if it's that running back talent doesn't really matter as much as we think. But whatever you thought about Clyde Edwards-Alaire, you need to be thinking about Darrell Williams because he is in that exact role and he's even he's pretty much doing better than Clyde was. And like I said, there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game. You're essentially hoping that Darrell Williams ends up in the end zone, and I think that he probably does. I don't know what the anytime TD score prop is for Darrell Williams, but I would, I, I'd say anything plus money I'd probably take. Um, which then brings us to Chuba Hubbard, again, another one of these handcuffs. Matt Rule was talking about, you know, he is not happy with Sam Darnold. I don't really blame him, I guess. But the thing that I do hate is, like, if I'm, the the solution to we're not winning games because Sam Darnold isn't playing well is let's, let's he wants to, like, lean on the run game, play ground and pound football, the, the complimentary football, the Rex Ryan, you know, blueprint where you play defense and you run the ball, which is, in the modern NFL, it's, that's not how you're going to win games. But that's what he's saying. It seems like he's kind of like signs are pointing to him wanting to, you know, lean on Chuba Hubbard, which is a, a crazy your game plan should not be. Let's lean on Chuba Hubbard to go win a football game like that's insane. Like, I don't even like Sam Donald that much as a real quarterback, but your game plan should be let's protect Sam Donald. Let's get him in spaces where he can operate. Let's get him outside of the pocket and roll on bootlegs where he's really good. And let's give DJ Moore a 30 percent target share, because when the ball is in his hands, good things happen now. Obviously, rational coaching is very hard to come by these days. So Chuba Hubbard, he might get some kind of crazy workload this this week. Or, you know, Matt Rule could have just been lying. Now, they're playing the Giants, so it's nothing, not really a crazy matchup, but it should be a, a competitive game script. Then we have Chase Edmonds as our RB12. This is our, our, our other double-digit point game. The, the Cardinals are playing the Houston Texans. They're 17.5-point favorites at home. So I love either Cardinals running back. I love Chase Edmonds. I love James Conner. We'll talk about him in a second here. They're both going to, you know, that, there's going to be a spot where it's like 30 to three in like the late second quarter. And they're just going to be, you know, grinding the clock away, doing their thing. Then our last running back in this spot, Cordero Patterson. Both of the, just like Chase Edmonds, both of these running backs for the Falcons are viable this week to the Miami Dolphins, right? So he's going to be playing at Miami. The Miami Dolphins are giving up the most fantasy points to opposing running backs. So this could be one of those weeks where Cordero Patterson explodes. Then we're going to go to Tier C, our RB14, Damian Harris. At home against the Jets, 
pretty friendly game script like when we know that like pretty much bill belichick owns these rookie quarterbacks he's probably going to give zach wilson fits here so you'll probably i feel like they just played the jets maybe that was like week two but they'll probably just you know the game will probably never even be close they're allowing the six most fantasy points to opposing running backs the jets defense so damian harris you know he's going to get the between the 20s work the goal line work he's probably good for you know 15 for like 70 and a touchdown that feels pretty that feels right around where things should be at rb16 we have or rb15 we have elijah mitchell at home against indiana he last or the last time he played so not the bye so before the bye week so two weeks ago he got all of the the lead back touches right so he is going to be in that role the colts aren't really anything crazy from a matchup standpoint but you're not going to get you know beautiful matchups at every point in this list it's just you know we know the role is there the the 49ers are going to score the lead running back for the 49ers has to be valued somewhere right so this is kind of where you have to pick that spot then we have james connor again 17 and a half point favorites at home against the houston texans for the cardinals I don't know if they're going to re- they could you know they could rely on james connor a little bit more late you know his skill set bet- between the tackles grinder some goal line work he kind of has more of that skill set for somebody that would you know just kind of chew the clock and and put away a game rb17 we have antonio gibson this is kind of has a caveat of like him actually being healthy we don't know what his situation is and rb17 is still like i kind of had a hard time wrestling with this one because he wasn't that effective last week and if he's hurt he's probably not going to be that great but if he's healthy like if he plays hurt he still will probably get the goal line opportunities and he could easily score you know he could easily do like 40 50 yards and a touchdown like that's in his range of outcomes again i wouldn't i wouldn't want to be playing him right with the injury but this is where i would put him if you know he suits up then we have Devonte booker who is playing the carolina panthers at home he's finished in the top 24 the last two weeks he is the far and away bell cow while saquon is out He's not going to give you anything special. He's not going to rip off any long runs, but he's going to get the volume. He'll get the goal line with touches. He's a nice, you know, he is the the epitome of a nice, you know, back-end RB2. Which then another guy that fits in this category is Alex Collins. He has a rough matchup against the Saints. The Saints are one of those pass funnel off their pass funnel defenses. Their their front seven is really good. But if Chris Carson misses this game and Alex Collins is, you know, ready to go it seems like he has some kind of injury that he's dealing with right now but all the reports now said that he's going to play so if he does play i mean he had like 20 touches for 100 plus yards against the pittsburgh steelers defense so he is like damn near matchup proof now i wouldn't say against the saints the saints are a little bit like a little bit better than the steelers but still collins is pretty much an every week start at this point now i hate that you guys can actually see on screen what this last tier looks like but i don't care we're gonna we're gonna roll right through it this miles sanders playing in las vegas against the raiders and he actually saw a bigger role last week right so he saw more snaps he saw more targets gainwell it's actually pretty weird and i'm i'm kind of sad about it but gainwell's receiving role has kind of actually diminished the last three weeks the problem is is that miles sanders is now he's commanding the most amount of the rb touches that he has all season but that still doesn't mean that they're going to there's going to be a big pie right so he's getting a bigger share of the pie but there's not a huge pie to begin with because the Eagles have actually they've been in game scripts recently where they're just they'll just abandon the run and I honestly don't hate that right like I'm not like uh, established to run kind of guy but when there's only like 12 running back touches to go around in a game when they're down by like 10 to 15 20 
having 75% of those 12 touches, you know, doesn't do anybody any good, right? So he's a he's a tough start, right? Because they're just going to they they have been abandoning the run this season. Then we have Dearness Johnson. He's pretty much a one-week rental at this point. If this was against a more a, a softer defense, it'd be better, but the Denver front seven is actually pretty good against the run. And this offense might be I mean, it's going to be Case Keenum. It's going to be Dearness Johnson. So it's going to be tough because they don't really have an identity. They could also be without Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham. Like, this Thursday night game is going to be absolutely ugly, man. This 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 Week 7 slate is so tough. It's so tough. I mean, we could we could be watching a Thursday night game of Case Keenum, Dearness Johnson. Would that be a Case Keenum revenge game? Did he play for the Broncos for a little bit? I believe he did, Case Keenum. Regardless, though, it's going to be Dearness Johnson, Case Keenum, Odell Beckham might not play. So then you're talking about like Donovan Peoples-Jones, Anthony Schwartz on the outside. Ugly. Just ug- like ugly stuff. Regardless, I like him as like back-end RB2. RB21 is where I'd have him. I think he's probably going to get the bulk of the workload. Demetric Felton is a really interesting rookie, but he's more of that Naeem Hines. Like in a very in a poor man's, poor man's, poor man's world, this this backfield is pretty much like Jonathan Taylor, Naeem Hines, where Dearness Johnson's Jonathan Taylor. Obviously, nowhere near as good. I'm just talking about pure roles. And then Demetri Felton's probably going to have a Naeem Hines type role, you know, maybe even a little bit less than a Naeem Hines role. I expect him to be that third down back kind of guy. Then we have Mike Davis as our RB22 in Miami. Again, Miami's giving up the most points to opposing running backs in fantasy. So whatever Cordero Patterson does not eat, Mike Davis will be eating like the dog that he is. Then we have JD McKissick. And this is like a hard rank again, because it's like they're eight and a half point dogs, right? So there's going to be a nice game script. He's probably gonna get all the passing down work. And I've actually said in my top 10 lessons learned, even in the games where Gibson played hurt, McKissick still does really good for fantasy. So it isn't a spot where even if Gibson plays, McKissick should be a fine, you know, RB two type play with Gibson dealing with his injury. And if Gibson doesn't play, then you can probably put you can probably put McKissick, you know, at the top end of tier C, at the back end of, uh, of tier B if Gibson misses time. Then our last running back, like, there's really not a lot to pick from. If you want to put Melvin Gordon here, it's fine. But Javante's been used in all phases. You're pretty much just hoping for a touchdown from one of the Denver running backs. That's why I have at running back four in Cleveland. Now that's gonna do it for us today, fellas. Now. I appreciate you sticking around. I gotta, I'm gotta. i going to hop off of here, do a nice little outline. Then we're going to record the wide receiver video that's like this. If you enjoyed it, make sure you go down below. Leave a like. like. Let me know down below in the comments. Do you prefer this where I kind of run through the matchups, the rankings, or should I do you know my five favorite starts of the week and so my five favorite, my five sits of the week? Let me, know, let me know how you guys felt about this one. Now, as always, I love you guys. I'll see you guys tomorrow. And I'll see you guys in the next one.